myself a Lincoln Got me plotting, got me plotting, got me thinking, got me thinking How can I come up and get myself a Lincoln? I'm a Continental, Cotton, Continental I'm a Continental, Cotton, Continental I'm a Continental, Cotton, Continental I'm a Continental Hey, this is Tony Boss Bowling coming to you from the Lincoln Attic Podcast Hey, it's Jason, the Lincoln Addict, a.k.a. ODB, and want to uh, just thank everyone for listening to the podcast and for those that have subscribed. Really appreciate it. Now, since we last recorded, we published episode six, which was John Cashman. So big thanks to John for coming on and for his time. He's a busy guy. Around the time that we had John on, I went on a cruise with my family, and I wanted to make sure... You know, after talking with John afterwards, he wanted to give a couple big shout outs. So, you know, when you're recording a podcast, you can't always think of everything. And, you know, John mentioned to me that he wanted to give a shout out to Felix LaFour. So you guys can follow him on Instagram. It's LaFour, L-A-F-O-R-E underscore Lincoln underscore parts. I know he is a really big name in this small world of Lincoln, a lot of us call them the usual suspects on who you kind of go to when you're looking for parts. So you can follow him. He's a good guy. And then also you have John Brewer, which is BrewerClassicLincoln.com. Of course, that is uh, the gentleman that I ended up picking up my motor mounts from. So John has obviously been around a long time and he knows these cars inside and out. So I wanted to make sure that uh, we gave a nod to those vendors uh, based upon uh, the conversation I had with John Cashman. So I'll kind of make this short and sweet as far as an intro. On this episode, we have a guy by the name of Sam. He goes by Doc as well, and he's at Epic Customs. So on Instagram, if you type in E-P-I-C and then Customs with an S, you'll see right there that it's a custom fabrication, a mechanical air suspension uh, shop, if you will. And What's important is he has a pre-order that's going through this weekend. So I know if you're listening to this on Friday or Saturday, it doesn't buy you much time, but he has come up with uh, some R&D that he's done for foot pedals for the 60-era Lincolns. And some of you guys might be listening going, eh, I don't know. Take a look at our Instagram or Facebook page, at Lincoln Addict, and you will see those foot pedals there. They look really, really nice. Uh, what I'll tell everyone is if you want to get in on the pre-order, you'll hear us talk about it. It's around $200 to get in on it, and then you'll have the remaining balance due. Now, these pedals, they're not cheap. They look really nice, and there's a lot of work that he's put into these. So we'll talk to Sam there at Epic Customs, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about what he's got going on and his love for these cars. Now, general Lincoln Life updates. A couple weeks ago, we had John from Suicide Doors Nashville. So on Instagram, if you type in Suicide Doors Nashville, that's uh, John Long Sr., and he's a really good guy. So uh, when he came into town, we kind of took him around and showed him a few places. We also visited Lincoln Land, and we went by Kelly uh, to see Kelly and Herb over at Old Lincoln Parts. Both really good vendors, and we always appreciate being able to kind of stop in, pop in, if you will, and uh, slap hands with them, talk a little bit about Lincolns, especially with Herb. He's always got awesome stories. And then Chris Dunn, we had a chance to go by his place. Uh, One night we were headed to Clearwater. Tony and I saw him, and we cruised by his house, and he said, come on over, and got a chance to see some of his cool stuff in his garage. And, man, you know, Chris Dunn, You guys know he's been doing this a long time. He's got a lot of cool stuff, whether it be parts or just cars in general. So it's uh, it's great to live here in the Clearwater and Tampa Bay area because there's great vendors that we can just, they're really a stone's throw from us. So when John was in town, we uh, hung out with him a couple nights 
and uh, we were in. I was able to end up uh, as of right now. We've sold his two cars, so you know we'll advertise it right here, John. That uh, John was looking to kind of move his cars, and we found a really good buyer for them. He had two beautiful cars that he was selling in a package deal, and really an offer that you couldn't refuse if you were in the market to buy a couple of sedans or one sedan for that, uh, you know, for that matter. So uh, those cars hopefully will go to a new home. And as John tells everyone, he's super busy with his day job and his family and the grandkids. So he doesn't have as much time to enjoy them. But rest assured, John has told us that he will uh, be getting back into uh, a slab here in the future. So we're looking forward to that. But thanks, John, for spending some time down here. It was good uh, to slap hands and hang out. Now, that brings me to a service that if you're looking to sell or buy a Lincoln, uh, reach out to me. I lately have sold uh, several cars, and some of them have sold pretty quickly. We've got a, a great reach in the social media and really a good network uh, from you know the truck scene that I've been in for about you know, 20, 22 years, going on actually 23 years now. But there's always people looking to buy. So if you want to sell your car or you're looking to buy one, let me know. Uh, you know, you definitely want to. You can send me a direct message uh, through Instagram, um, or what you can do. It's even easier. You can send me an email, and I set up a new email account, and it's pretty simple. It's Lincoln Continental Broker at gmail.com. So you can send me an email. Now, I typically don't check Facebook messages as much just because there's so many methods to, to receive incoming mail, so to speak. But, you know, reach out to me on Instagram, shoot me an email, and uh, I'll be happy to try to help you uh, locate either a buyer or if you're looking to purchase a car. I constantly, uh, Tony and I know where cars are at all the time, and we're happy to help run one down. Now, I've told people, and you'll see this in my listing, whether it's Facebook or Instagram, it, it, I'm never going to help sell a rust bucket. So if someone's looking to sell something that's too far gone, hey, it's a parts car typically. But you know, rest assured, uh, today I went and looked at a 63 convertible and the car was pretty much real deal. I got a chance to look under it, look in the trunk, look in the engine bay, ride in it, and the car was really, really nice. So I tell tell anyone that if you're looking for a convertible, it's not a cheap car, it's 40 grand. And it's really a forty grand car. So, in my opinion, that car is going to go up in value, and it's very, very solid. So, top works. All four windows work. It does have electric vents, so those work fine. Air condition works. I think everything works except for the. I noticed today the speedometer wasn't working, and obviously, it probably needs the speedo gear. So, I talked to Tony about that earlier, and he's like, "Yeah, that's probably what we're looking at." But you know, regardless of that. Overall, it's a really, really nice car. So, again, if you're looking to sell or buy, hit me up, let me know, and I'll be happy to help. Okay, the last few episodes, I started this tradition of talking about Lincolns and movies. In this one, I'll kind of keep short and sweet. 64 Lincoln sedan in the famous 1978, that was the year I was born, for those scoring at home, 1978 movie Animal House. There's a famous photo or image or screenshot from the movie in front of the crazy house and the car's packed and it's sitting right there and uh, it's just an iconic photo. But uh, definitely 64 and it looks damn good. All right, Project Smugglers Blues. A few updates on that. If you listen to Our Lifestyle, the podcast, which is the other podcast that I produce and co-host, I uh, alluded to some updates coming. So, the engine's taken a little bit longer than anticipated, but you know it's t to be expected, right? You got to bake in delays into your project plan, and you know, like Tony has really helped out. And what we ended up doing is we took it to a machine shop. They were pretty busy, and they did uh, some boring on the block for us. So that's all done. Before that, we had it hot tanked, so it was totally clean. It looked great, and at this point, we picked it up from the machine shop. And it's back over at Tony's place, what uh, I refer to as Boss Bolin Industries. Him and his dad are going to put that, reassemble it, you know, get it back together. And we will be stoked. Pretty soon, 
will have it all looking great with all the powder-coated parts, including the intake manifold. So many other nice, clean parts will mat that up with the transmission and will finesse the engine and trans back into the car and then we'll install the Devious Customs transmission cross member. So really looking forward to it. And, you know, I couldn't be happier with how it's coming together. And, and a little bit of a, I'd say, delay, if you want to even call it that, it's been fantastic because it allowed for me, as I mentioned, to have my friend Daniel at Smithworks paint the engine bay, reloom all the wire in the engine compartment, make sure everything is clean, everything is powder coated, everything is POR15 from a subframe standpoint. So I was really in no rush. I just kind of set goals for myself to try to get things done. And, you know, we're pushing ahead. The transmission, the gentleman over at the shop there, he started that. Basically didn't have any problems with the trans. But, hey, why it's out, you might as well have a qualified technician go through it, change the seals, check everything out. And then that way you're good to go. And more than likely, knock on wood, the motor or trans will never have to come out of that car again for at least as long as I'm alive. So there you have it. I'd like to remind everyone that this uh, podcast is brought to you by two great vendors. One is Devious Customs. So I talked to Jeff earlier this week. Great guy. Love the team that he's got over there. And these guys constantly are working on Lincolns, all kinds of other projects as well. They've been in the game for 20 plus years. If you need parts, whether we're talking suspension, you want to do something custom, you want to go to deviouscustoms.com. Look up their toll-free number there and call Jeff and team. You can also uh, message him on Facebook. I would look up Devious Customs and then also follow them on Instagram. Now, Devious Customs, when you go to their website and you click on uh, more and then store, you can even type in the word Lincoln and it will show all of the products that they offer. Whether you want to go extreme and do an LS swap, you want to uh, add air suspension, or maybe you just want to buy a hat or t-shirt. It's all there. Oh, they also have buyer compressors, airbags, and general air management systems. So EFI, if that's something you're looking for, you, you want to do a swap with the LS radiator, you name it, Jeff has it, and he constantly adds new products to his site. So visit deviouscustoms.com. CC Cycle Wheels. I'd highly encourage everyone to follow CC Cycle Wheels on Instagram and Facebook. They're also known as Colorado Custom Wheels. Michael and team are great at what they do. They produce the baddest billet wheels in the industry. So if you're looking to maybe upgrade from your 14-inch wheel to maybe a 15 or a 17, or you want to go extreme and go 20 or 22, they can produce a Lincoln Continental, what they refer to as a replica wheel in billet aluminum. I own a set of these wheels on another vehicle that I built, and they are legit. Really, really, really nice product. If you follow them on CC Cycle Wheels on Instagram, you'll see that they often will post videos of the machining process that they're working through to build the wheel, and they'll also show love to a lot of the Lincoln owners and different customers of theirs that own these billet wheels. So big ups to Michael and the team. Support the vendors that support us. Uh, I'd also encourage everyone to visit Steel Rubber, S-T-E-E-L-E, rubber.com. Order a free catalog. If you've got one of these cars, you know there's a lot of weather stripping. I did a video recently for YouTube. Check out Lincoln Addict on YouTube. And what you'll find is it's best to have a plan, whether you're going to order everything at once or you're going to order piecemeal, a couple things at a time, maybe the door moldings, so on and so forth. Go to Steel Rubber. They're the best in the business. They uh, support the podcast as well. And I'm looking forward to doing some tech videos on the installation for all the parts that I obtained through Steel Rubber. So great people. Visit SteelRubber.com. That's where I ordered all of my product. And check out the video on YouTube where I give some tips and tricks on ordering the best products in the business when it comes to rubber. Okay, everyone, enjoy this episode with Doc from Epic Customs. And don't worry, we have episode eight already in the works. We'll come at you guys pretty soon. Give us a week or two and biggity boom. Make sure you subscribe 
Have a great weekend. ODB, the Lincoln Attic, we out of here. Hey, hey, it's ODB, a.k.a. the Lincoln Attic. And as I mentioned, we got a special guest this episode. It's uh, one of my uh, uh, severed ties brothers, and uh, he goes by Sam, Sam Hutchinson, right? Yeah, that's right. Hey, what's going on, man? How you been? Not so bad, man. You? You guys? Everything is good down here in, in, in uh, America, as we joke around and say. How's everything up there in uh, yeah, can- Canada? Well, honestly, the snow has finally melted, and we're getting a little bit of sunshine. <laughs> well, we had John Cashman on the last episode, and him and I probably would have joked and said, you know, what is snow? Yeah, yeah. Must be nice. Really? So uh, it's funny because, you know, the listeners out there, you guys um, may not have heard of Sam, a.k.a. he also goes by the nickname Doc, Doc Hutchinson. He's up there in uh, Canada, so we'll talk a little bit about it. But, you know, I just wanted to welcome you to the podcast, man, and really just kind of ask overall how things are going for you. Yeah, man, it's going pretty good. Um, you know, the we just put in a lot of hours and a lot of time, but it's uh, things are starting to kick off pretty good, and we've got some big steps coming along for the future. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's going pretty good. And, in, in, uh, you know, the big picture of things, things look really nice up here. Well, that's great to hear. And, you know, we'll kind of get a little bit more in-depth into the Lincolns and some of the things that you have that are forthcoming. But, uh, Sam, would you mind giving the listeners a little bit of, uh, you know, history about yourself and maybe how you got involved with the custom automotive scene? Yeah, man. Um, I'll, well, I used to ride a bicycle, and then uh, I got my first car. And, I mean, basically the day I got that car, I never turned picked up that bike again and uh i bought that car and about two weeks into it i'd found another guy with a similar car he was scrapping and i switched out the interior of my car from blood red to black and white checker and from there it was just i was just doing cars every day all the time um got linked up with a job when i was in high school and i never thought i'd be a mechanic by any means and uh that's just sort of how it panned out and i just kind of rolled with it and, uh, I mean, I just watched some, some old cranky mechanics out there and I just knew I wanted to find, <laughs> I wanted to find the glory, the glory side of being a mechanic. Right. And uh, I worked for a shop and the owner there was, uh, he was the president of one of the largest hot rod clubs in Western Canada. So I had a lot of chance to work on some cool cars when I was really young and sort of see what it's like to, uh, you know, what the glory of that side of it is. So. I just kept rolling like that for a while and uh, worked at a couple rod shops and I just knew I had, I wanted to do something a little bit different than what was being offered up here. And uh, so I just decided to fire up my own thing and, and just sort of roll with it from there. So I've been at it for about, uh, I've had the shop open for just coming up on six years now. And, uh, you know, we've had some pretty steady growth over that handful of years. And uh, like I said, we're just, uh, we're making some big steps here in the next little while and, that's uh, looking really good, man. Well, it's great to hear. And, you know, Sam, we uh, certainly salute you for, you know, kind of going out on your own, like you mentioned, and having a successful business. And, uh, you know, some of you guys are wondering, like, man, where's the Lincoln tie-in? So we'll definitely get to that. One of the things that always intrigues me, you know, I also produce and host another podcast, which is Our Lifestyle, the podcast. And, you know, we're heavily tied into the mini truck scene and, I think that's probably where you and I, Sam, connect a little bit because of the same truck club and car club that we're in. But one thing that I always joke about with my friends that I've had on and some of the folks in the industry on that side of the podcast is when we've had folks on from Canada, there's always different terms that you guys use, right? And there's different dialects and things like that. But um, what's one different term that you guys maybe use? I know like overseas they say bonnet instead of a hood. Is there anything that you could think of that uh, we we use as a different term uh, in the U.S. versus Canada? I don't know, man. That's a that's a tough <laughs> one because it's all normal to me, right? So yeah, I don't know. I'd I'd need to know what I need to know what you call it differently. Um, I guess one I I could just think of. Um, I heard some some guys south of the border call a doghouse like the whole front clip of the of the car. You know, um, we refer to a doghouse as like as the engine cover in a van. Nice. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. If, <laughs> yeah. I've, yeah. I've heard that I, before that, too. Yeah. That would be the only one. 
Okay, cool, yeah. cool. Yeah, I always like to kind of, uh, you know, have that tie-in. So uh, it, it's pretty crazy how over around the world, like, you know, they'll call them door cards, and it's like we're like, wait, that's a door panel. So it's always cool to kind of, uh, you know, ask that and, and see what uh, the differences are out there. got a guy with, working with me from Australia, and everything he says is funny. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And it's kind of funny, like the the show Wheeler Dealers is where I hear a lot of those terms where I'm like, wait, what? What's that? But w- what's awesome, what connects us, whether you're into customs or you're a purist, everything that connects us is like what you said earlier, the word mechanic. And it's like the mechanics of things and taking cars apart or fixing things or maybe bringing things back to how they were original. You know, some of the, you know, I'd say guys out there, they get a little bit, you know, crazy on the fact that we customize cars and, you know, we'll, you and I will surely talk about that. But I always thought that it was amazing that in the old days, it seemed like car guys were car guys. And you would get out there, and if you liked to wrench on something, it was cool. If you like to lower something, hey, that's your cup of tea. You know, no big deal. So I always found it astonishing how time have, how, how time has went on, and especially like in the LincolnForum.net. Over the course of time, they kind of got a bad rap from people going, well... You know, these guys, I go in there and I post and they just, all they do is ridicule me. And I hate to see that because at the end of the day, we're all car guys and we just like to do cool stuff. Is that right, Sam? Yeah, man, that's right. Like even in my shop, like I've got, I've got the things that I like and the things that I want to do, but man, we work on, we work on so much different stuff and, and I'm not the one to say what you think is cool, but I know what I think is cool, right? So, I mean, one of my, one of my personal cars is, uh, like it's a 2010 Lincoln MKS. So Mm -hmm. it's a little, it's obviously a lot modern than the classic stuff. But when I picked that car up and I drove it to my friend's shop and he's a BMW mechanic and they all kind of looked at me and they're like, why (laughs) did you drive by this grandpa car? And I'm like, man, you just, you got to have the vision, right? I'm like, just give me some time. And then, and then I cut that car up. Like I, that car's bagged on 22s like got a body kit and it's like, it's a really cool car. And now it just has a totally different style. Right. So, I mean, you have to just see, you have to be able to see the vision, right? Like it's just a creativity and, um, you know, it's just a toy. Right. I agree. And I'm a firm believer as each generation kind of molds themselves. And although like, I guess I always make old people's jokes with my wife about, I know I'm getting old when, and I mean that in all seriousness, because, I'm sure when I was younger and I started listening to the Wu-Tang Clan and different hip-hop groups, my, my family was like, uh, what the hell? You know, in my in my day, I listened to the Beatles. <laughs> but if you think about, it, like, even my dad's uh, age group and genre, they listened to a lot of, you know, they were hippies. You know, they listened to rock and roll and things like that. And even when Elvis Presley came out, it was, like, totally different than the previous generation. So, you know, to your point, you've got some people saying, oh, you're cutting up cars, but – Weren't the Hot Rodders 50 years ago doing the same thing? You know, they were cutting up cars actually over 50 years ago. But they were kind of cutting up cars and making hot rods out of them, and they were just trying to have fun, right? Well, you want to know where, where like, really got heavy for me was, and you actually just touched on it exactly that. It's um, it's from, like, the mini the mini trucking start, right? And what I liked about the mini trucking thing is, I mean, I was just rolling around on S10 for him, like before he even had a mini. I got mine was an S10 Blazer, mm-hmm. and uh, I used to just troll on the S10 for him, and it was, it was like old traditional hot rodding. It's like we were the guys that were not scared to like totally cut it up and dismantle it and just like create something new. And that's like what hot rodding was back in the '60s, man. It was like guys with deuce coops and that, and they're just doing motor swaps and they're cutting, channel and chopping. And I mean, it was whatever they had to do to make it cool. And, you know, I'm not selling these guys short, but you kind of got into like the muscle car kind of era and mm-hmm. people weren't cutting things up as much. And then it got into like this mini trucking thing and like, man, from dancing boxes to like big wheels or like, you know, tandem axles, like they didn't care. It was like, whatever they thought was cool, it was getting cut and it was getting built. Yeah. And a lot of that came out of the mini trucking which we talk a lot about on our lifestyle, the podcast, like the West Coast influence, which there's a whole Instagram yeah. page and you know Lottie and Radar kind of run that. But you know, it's true that when people sit back and they go, "Well, you know, you shouldn't have these wheels on these cars," or you know, you're ruining these cars while you put air suspension and stuff. And 
when you really look at it in like some of the Brian Gendros of the world that started putting airbags on cars or trucks, they really kind of took from some of the hot rodders and the 18-wheeler vehicles to kind of merge into what we have today. And to your point, Sam, there's been this big influence, if you will, of mini truckers into just even hot rods today and with these cars that are so low with the bigger wheels and whatnot. So whether people love it or hate it, I mean, no one can argue, in my opinion, that this, you know, the culture and the styles are here to stay. And, uh, you know, we'll see where it goes into the future. Oh, yeah, for sure. Even if we got flying cars, there'll always be one somebody wants to fly a little lower than the last guy. <laughs> yeah, even one of my favorite movies, Back to the Future, you know, in part two, they had the crazy stance, right, with the DeLorean as it aired up. And, you know, uh, we've seen some cool yeah. memes out of that. But, it, you know, in all seriousness, like to your point, I think the uh, the future hasn't been written, and we're going to hopefully see some cool stuff in it. But what I wanted to kind of mention is, you know, we're, of course, in the same uh, truck and car club, which is Sever Ties. So that's kind of where I met you. But you alluded to Lincoln, Sam. So how did you get involved, or maybe how did you get tied to your first Lincoln car? Well, I had – I mean, I, I always sort of liked the Lincoln brand, right? And uh, when I started getting – a little bit more into hot rodding. Like I already had my blazer at the time and, um, you know, I was getting a little bit more serious into that. And, uh, this was actually a car that, uh, it was a friend of my dad's and, uh, he had this, he bought this car like when he was 16 years old working in Northern Alberta. And, uh, he, when I was a kid, I used to play around on that car and uh, it just sat in there, just sat in his driveway and we never knew anything about it. Well, you kind of flash forward like 10 or 15 years and I'm working on hot rods now. And uh, that guy, you know, he fell on hard times and had to sell some stuff. And he approached my dad and he's like, hey, does your kid want this bloody thing or what? And uh, my dad called me up and it wasn't even a question. I was like, I need that car. I want that car now. And uh, so I drove out. It was actually my 23rd birthday. It was a snowstorm in Canada and that car was bare steel and hadn't run in 25 years. And we fired it up in that garage and I drove it home for an hour, got it back to my place. And the next day we just started tearing into it. Yeah. Amazing. So tell us a little bit about that car. Like, was that the, so I'm trying to go from memory. Was that the 62 sedan? Yeah. It's 62 hardtop car. Yeah. So, I mean, not a lot of convertibles rolling around out here. Yeah, definitely. We got, we got natural born air conditioning here. <laughs> yeah, man, that's good stuff. It, it's a little bit different than where I'm at in Florida. We're way closer to the equator, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So We've tell- heard of the equator, never seen it, but I've heard of it. <laughs> yeah. You're like, it's somewhere down by Hawaii. <laughs> uh, man, yeah, exactly. So over the years, when I saw some of your posts and whatnot, you know, I tried to kind of align with you and connect over, you know, some different stuff that you were doing because I saw the car was pretty cool. So tell us a little bit about the 62 sedan. Like, what did you end up doing to it? Yeah, well, I mean, it was a it was a really, really solid car to start with. Um, when I got it, it was uh, it had already been sort of taken apart. And, you know, the guy was looking at doing some repairs and getting it painted, but it wasn't going to happen. So when I got it, it was all bare steel, no trim, but it still had drivetrain and the running gear. And, uh, when I got it, I just, we just hit it with like a hot rod black paint and, uh, I put the trim back on it, did some mechanical stuff to make it run and work. And honestly, man, I just like, we get a short season up here. And, uh, my thing was, I was never going to lose that season. So every year on in the winter, I would do something major. So first year, you know, it got some, it got some air ride the next year. It got some new wheels. Like the next year it got paint. And, you know, just over the course of probably about five or six years, I just built that entire car up to what it was. And uh, I never lost a season. I didn't ever want to go without losing a season. So, you know, I just uh, I just picked my battles at each time and I took off a big chunk. And then over the course of time, I just wound up with like a really cool car in the end. Well, we will share some of the photos, Sam. The car, in my opinion, came out great. I mean, it looks good. And, you know, I know some of the purists out there, they won't necessarily like it because they're like, oh, what's modified and things and totally get it. But to me, it's a pretty cool cruiser. 
Now, I had hit you up a couple years ago, and I had asked a couple questions, and you know, you had mentioned how you guys store the cars for the winter. And you know, some of the folks in the U.S. up north, you know, they're accustomed to that because hey, there's snowfall where they're at. But you know, what does it mean when you tell someone like, "Yo, we got to put the car away for the winter"? Yeah, well, you got about three feet of snow buried it into the garage, so <laughs> you know you're not even getting it out if you wanted to. <laughs> right. um, you know, we get some fair weather days, but we get um, you know when they deal with the snow, they put salt on the roads, they got gravel on the roads, and I mean, everything that you work so hard to create just kind of gets ruined in the weather, right? I mean, even our daily driver vehicles, like, they get beat up by the cold. It's just hard on cars, you know, and obviously it's our, you know, kind of our pride and joy, right? It's like what we spend all our time and extra money on, and, you know, we just want to keep it as nice and pristine as we can. I totally agree. When I see the car, I'm thinking to myself, man, that looks awesome. But it's like how, you know, you can't drive it in the snow or if you got crazy roads up there, which I'd imagine in some of the cities that you got a lot of potholes and whatnot. So how many months out of the year would you say, Sam, that you're able to actually drive like an airbagged vehicle up where you live? Well, some guys are more hardcore than the others, but um, I took my MKS out for the first time uh, today and, uh, you know, we'll ride it out as long as we can, but definitely by September, you know, we'll be putting it away. So they just sweeped the streets uh, last week. They got all the gravel off the roads and, you know, we'll, we'll see as much fair weather as we get. We'll get it out. Nice. Nice. Well, you know, we definitely uh, hope for the best. I know it's early in the season. We're already getting ready for summer down here. I won't rub that in in Florida and the weather's been nice, (laughs) but we do hope for, uh, you know, great weather for you guys. Yeah, well, it's going to snow on Friday, but other than that, I think we're on the home stretch. <laughs> You're like, you know, maybe one more big storm, you know, no big deal. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, now you've laid out a few of these cars, including the 60, uh, 62 sedan. Uh, do you build your own suspension for these cars, Sam? Uh, yeah, we build all our own stuff. I mean, kind of depending on, you know, budget and what the customer is looking for in the end. I mean, there's a couple of really good products out there. Um, more so now, like when I bagged my car, there really wasn't much out there. So, I mean, we do, we do so much custom suspension at my shop anyways, that, I mean, for me to whip out a set of control arms and, you know, a rear suspension is pretty straightforward. Um, you know, for customer type stuff and other guys, like there's, you know, there's some really good products out there to airbag these cars with bolt on stuff. Like there's a lot of guys who like them. Right. Um, but yeah, for us, um, I mean, we got pretty extensive exchange rates are really bad for us. Your guys dollars a lot stronger than us. And then we got to ship literally shipping, you know, five or 600 pounds of steel across the border is, uh, you know, it doubles the cost of the parts. Right. So a lot of the time, uh, we just end up making our own. It's more cost effective for us to make our own. And if we can build a nice product and, uh, you know, make it work properly, then, you know, everybody's happy in the end. Definitely can't argue with that. And when you talk about making an awesome product, there's something that we recently posted on our Instagram page at Lincoln Addict, and we wanted to promote this awesome product. Anytime that we see a new, I'll say vendor or shop like yourself or small business that's trying to kind of break into the market and create or produce a new style product that can help other folks, you know, we generally will get all behind that. You recently announced new products you're producing for these 60-era Lincolns. Uh, can you tell the listeners a little bit about those uh, products, Sam? Yeah, man. We uh, we actually put together uh, like a billet pedal set. Man, they turned out really, really nice. So it's just high-grade aluminum um, machined with uh, – we've got the star and the brake pedal, and it's all ribbed. We've got a matching throttle pedal with the star and the heel as well, and then a matching park brake pedal. Um, we took a lot of time to actually I've been working on it for about a year from the, from the, just the hand sketch drawing I did with my buddy at a bar mm-hmm. to, you know, to actually finding, um, you know, a quality machinist and good product. And, uh, now we offer the three matching pedals. Um, they come in a raw finish, uh, black anodized, and then a black anodized with a remachine. And, uh, you know, they turned out really, really nice. They're completely bolt in. Um, you know, you just unbolt your factory pedals and pop these ones right in place, and they look really, really good. 
the white ones, the raw aluminum suit, the white cars really, really nice. I mean, the black ones I think are, um, they're not getting enough credit. Um, they look really, really good as well. And then obviously the super popular is, is the black with machine face. That's our most popular hit right now. Well, they look really good. And when I look at your Instagram post back on March 21st, like you've reinforced that you've also went the links to get 3D modeling done. So it wasn't, you know, to your point, just some hand uh, drawn, you know, deal, you know, a couple guys out getting some beers one night. Like you literally had this concept that went from rendering to reality. Yeah. Well, I'm really particular, right? And I, um, you know, I the guy that does my, my 3d rendering work. Um, he, he's a car guy too. He's, he's got a 64 Impala and, um, you know, he's just like us. And, uh, he has a really, really good understanding of like why the detail is so important. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for me to find, you know, we have so many machinists that work in oil and gas and they just don't get why the detail matters. And when I'm working with him, I'm like, you know, I think that radius is just, it's a little bit too much. It doesn't look right. And he gets it. And then I, you know, he shows me the drawings and I'm like, you know, those ribs were like three sixteenths of an inch deep. And I'm like, I know this sounds really minor, but I like, I just want them like one eighth. Like we got to take it that sixteenth of an inch difference. And it seems really, really petty, but he totally gets it. And he's happy to work with me. And then in the end, we can just really build a wicked product with all the fine tuned detail. And I mean, the star in those, in those pedals is like the machining is absolutely amazing. Um, I mean, and I deal with those kind of parts all the time and, um, I feel like I'm a hard guy to impress and I'm really, really happy with the way these things turned out. Well, good job overall for you and your team and, and some of the, you know, the folks that may have helped with that, uh, the process overall. I wanted to kind of ask you when you think of this product that you have and, you know, right now you're taking pre-orders, so we'll give them the information here in a moment. But from the time that someone pre-orders this item to the time that it's in their hands, like what type of time frame are they looking at? Well, we've got the pre-order running right now for the pedals. We're going to close the pre-order at the end of this coming Sunday. Um, all the orders that are in, we'll get it over to the machine shop. And then we're going to be looking at about a four-week build time. Uh, guys that are looking for the, the anodized and the remachine, there'd be about another week or two lead time on that. Um, but we're hoping that we can be starting to ship out in the four-week mark. Fantastic. So let's say someone's listening or, you know, this tends to happen with podcasts. Maybe someone isn't caught up and they listen a little bit after the episode is, you know, is first published and then, boom, the pre-order's already been done a week is there going to be any opportunity, even at a higher cost, if someone wants a set of these after the pre-order is finished? Yeah, definitely. I'm going to have a handful of, of sets actually made. We'll keep them on the shelf. A couple of the guys that have already locked into the pre-order are actually builders as well, and they're down south of the border. Um, and then I know that they're stocking a couple of sets. So, you know, you can always connect with me. I can I can get you in touch with one of them or we can provide you with a set as well. There would be an additional cost because the pre-order is, you know, we're giving everybody a break based on the volume. Um, we got a pretty good number ahead of us right now. I think we're probably going to be at about maybe the 35 sets is the way it looks right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but we got another week to lock in some more numbers. So Good, good. Well, you know, again, as I said at the top of the uh, podcast, anytime someone, you know, spends a little bit of time and effort into reproducing a product or putting something or their own spin on something that um, can help bring these cars up to the, you know, today's standard, whether it be looks-wise or mechanical. We always try to get behind those companies and, and, and salute you because I know it, it's it's not something that happens overnight, Sam, and it's something that takes a lot of time. Yeah, it takes a lot of time and a lot of phone calls and a lot of, you know, a lot of tests and yeah, I mean, it, it stacks up. Like, even just the paperwork alone is, is surprising. But we put a lot of effort into it, and we want to make sure that it's, you know, a dialed-in product, and then the process is good for the customers too, right? And everybody's getting what they're what they're expecting. I totally agree. Now, uh, I just thought of this. On my 64 Lincoln, 
I've got to take. I haven't taken my pedal out yet because I want to pull back the carpet padding and some of that that's down there, so I can you know change out some things and do some por fifteen on the floorboard. Um, everything from a factory perspective. I mean, these are pretty much like factory dialed in, right? And you'll be able to, like you said, just oh, swap yeah. out that piece yeah. and your throttle linkage and all that stuff works just as as it normally would. Yeah, like these cars have like a there's a a lever bracket that goes from the accelerator pedal right through the floor. And then it has a rubber, like a rubber flex mount. So you just unbolt that rubber flex mount and unbolt the, unbolt the lever from the bottom side of the pedal. And this one will go right into place. And same with the brake pedal, two bolts on the back side, holding it onto the arm goes right into place. The park pedal, park pedal, or sorry, park brake pedal. You'll have to drill out two rivets and then replace them with the bolts that we provide in the kit. Nice, nice. So that's good, man. And will you have like instructions for anyone or is it just that simple that, you know, a, a gorilla or a monkey could figure it out? Man, we'll give you the instructions, but uh, yeah, you probably won't even need them. They'll, this is the instructions you want to read. It's going to be three pictures and a couple words. Nice, nice. I like it, Sam. So good stuff there. Now, before we transition to anything else that you're doing outside of the Lincoln's was there anything else you wanted to share about what you're working on as far as the kit or anything else related to Lincoln Continental cars? Well, I mean, we'll just finish off on the pedals. Uh, like I said, we've got the pre-order running until Sunday. You guys can hit me up. Um, I'm on Instagram at, at Epic Customs, Facebook, Doc Hutchinson. Uh, you can hit me up through any of the Suicide Slabs pages on there. Um, or even the website, www.epiccustoms.ca. Um, you know, there's a good way to get a hold of the pedals there. We can provide you with any pictures if you wanted to see see them firsthand, um, get a good look at them. You know, Other than that, I mean, as far as Lincolns go, I would say that, uh, you know, I'm just a Lincoln guy through and through. I love my classic car. I mean, it's my first love, right? But I've got a 2010, I've got a Lincoln Mark LT, and they're all getting cut up, right? Um I think I just like what Lincoln stands for. It's, it's, uh, it's just a smooth, luxurious ride, man. I, you know, we talk about getting a little bit older and feature comforts, right? Like I came from mini trucking and, you know, you need to hop in a Lincoln. Now you know what cruising's <laughs> all about. I couldn't agree more. So good stuff there. And we love what you're doing, Sam. You're really kind of putting some thought process through on, Hey, how can we, how can I improve something? But, how can I do something a little bit different than what some of these other shops have done? And, you know, it might not be the first thing that comes to mind, but a lot of times if you've had a Lincoln a long time and you get down there and you start to unbold uh, or unbolt the linkage and, you know, you know, popping the linkage off, I should say, and unbolt the pedal, you'll start to see that, you know, maybe your, your stuff is a little bit worn out or if you want a little bit uh, nicer bling, so to speak, you definitely go – you can go on Instagram. It's Epic Customs, as Sam mentioned. And then you can click the link in their bio there that takes you to epiccustoms.ca. And uh, there's some cool stuff there. There's a couple Lincolns out there. We talked about the 62. There's a 64 listed as well. Now, I did want to, before we concluded, I wanted to ask you, Sam, like what other type of work do you do outside of these Lincoln, 60 Lincoln uh, Continentals, if you will? I mean, um, mostly the shops based around, uh, suspension specialty. So, um, you know, we do full custom chassis suspension fabrication, uh, late model, classic cars, hot rods. Um, you know, we did, we do anything from air ride coilover suspension. Uh, we built a really, really crazy Monte Carlo chassis for a 1986 G body car, full custom bumper to bumper, uh, like big billet wheels, air ride, um, uh, blown 383 motor four speed um i mean that thing was just bumper to bumper custom and and it took every little bit of detail along the whole way i mean so we do a lot of chassis like that um a lot of drive in drive out stuff unfortunately we do do a lot of cadillac stuff as well you know i don't like to talk a lot about it but it's the truth <laughs> so we got uh 80 cadillac right now we're bagging we got a 68 coming into the shop right away uh, we do a lot of newer trucks as well we got a really cool little Colorado out there with full frame on 22s. Um, you know, kind of whatever gets thrown at us. So mostly chassis suspension stuff, but we also do, um, you know, full full drivetrain, mechanical, turnkey builds, right? Just anything cool, man. 
well, we see what you're doing out there, and you know, you may be way up there in Canada, but you got your eyes on the prize, and we certainly appreciate what you're doing, not only for the overall scene of cars and hot rods and whatnot, but also for the Lincolns. And you know, this Lincoln Addict podcast is is one that we try to highlight, as I mentioned several times, uh, folks that are passionate about about these cars, but also that are willing to kind of take the extra effort to produce a product that might help to either bring these cars uh, to you know the the 21st century or just in general improve them overall from a resto mod perspective. So, you know, Sam, we certainly appreciate your time. Was there anything else you wanted to share with the Lincoln Addict listeners? You know, I I saw this one post this, uh, and it's exactly what you're talking about with uh, with the purists and that. And uh, this one guy said that we were ruining all these cars, and one of the one of the comments on there was. He's like, man, we're what's keeping it alive. And uh, I don't know which side of the fence I'm on. I mean, I definitely like the original stuff, but I, I'm all custom myself. But, man, it's, uh, you know, it's those purists and those custom guys, and it's it's everybody together that's keeping these cars on the road and restoring them in any sense, right? And, I mean, whether you're cutting it up or not, it, you know, somebody putting a little bit of love back into that and, uh, you know, keeping them up to date and keeping them on the road is, you know, is what's going to let them live on. I couldn't have said it better. And my final thought on that that ties in, Sam, one thing, you know, a year ago this April, we went to the Lincoln Continental Owners Club. They had a meet that was down in the, gosh, was it Sarasota area? I think it was. And, you know, there's no disrespect because we, you know, we, I certainly appreciate going to Lincoln Land here in Clearwater, and I see like a lot of 100% original. And I can understand, to your point, why people want to keep a car original, especially some of the old timers, you know, they grew up and it was a different era and they appreciated riding in their, you know, their family's car and things like that. But to your point, I've talked, I've spoken with a lot of different Lincoln folks that have been around the more purist side for their entire life. And they have said, Hey, it's your car. Do what you want to it. And to your point, you know, with the Suicide Slabs and the Suicide Kings and Lincoln Addict and these different groups that are out there, and of course the Raddies out there, shout out to the Raddies, there's this big following of these cars. And, you know, whether we blame it on the the HBO show The Entourage or some of the movies that have featured, you know, the Justin Timberlake movie In Time, no matter what you blame it on, these cars are highly sought after, and unfortunately, like what I have to tell people all the time is whether someone likes it or not, what we're doing to these cars, if you decide to airbag them or lay them out or rip all the, the everything out of it, no, no one can stop us. You know what I mean? You can be someone a purist through and through, and you might hate it, but it's going to happen, you know? And, um, you know, I just share that with everybody because it's like there's no reason getting bent out of shape or upset about it because it is what it is, you know. We've seen one in Texas that's being converted into an all-electric car. Do I think that's crazy? Yeah. Do I think putting an LS motor into a Lincoln is crazy? Yeah. I mean, it's like it is what it is. Uh, You know, I'm not going to stop the guy. If the guy's got the money and he wants to do it, so be it. Right, Sam? Yeah, that's right. It's like, yeah, I don't know about the whole LS and the Lincoln thing, but there's a <laughs> lot of them out there. I know, and, and you know, and, and I'm. What's funny is I was even raised like not even as a a Ford quote Ford guy. You know, my father what loved Chevys, and and he loved what you know I kind of got into with these Lincolns because he knew with me being born on, on November 23rd, it was right after the JFK assassination in, in terms of the day. And I just fell in love with these cars. Like, he never saw it as, oh, you know, you're a Ford guy. But, you know, a lot of the old school was like Chevy versus Ford and things like that. So even me, like, I kind of scratch my head and go, eh, I wouldn't do it. But to your point, it's like, am I going to stop a guy from doing it? Am I going to am I gonna take a bullet for a guy wanting to swap from, a you know, a 430 over to an LS? It's like, eh, to each their own, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I can I kind of got this uh, label as a Ford guy too, because uh, we also like at the shop we do a lot of Ford suspension stuff on like because we do air ride right, and there's not a lot available for them. So we actually 
we designed what we call a Ford I-Beam Eliminator kit. It runs from 1980 to 1996 F-150, 250 in Bronco. Mm-hmm. And it's basically cut out the entire front I-Beam suspension and bolt in our our uh, independent front suspension. It lays out on 22s. It's 12 inches of lift. Like, it's a deadly kit. And uh, so now we do all these old Ford trucks. And uh, and then I got – then everybody knows me as the Lincoln guy up here. And now they think I'm this Ford guy. I'm like, well, really, I'm not. I'm just a car guy, man. Like, I drive a Dodge pickup every day. My first love is S10. You know, I've got all these Lincolns now. It's like, I just like cool cars, man. Yeah, and what we've done, even like on, for instance, with our lifestyle, the podcast, we aligned with our, our friend Anthony out in California, and he's at uh, SSBB underscore media. And he recently took some photos of like a 70s era Lincoln, and we shared those, and we talked a little bit about it earlier when I did the intro in the podcast and you know, to your point, the thing that gets me is if you look at OEMs or you look at products, they love a good rivalry. If you look back to the beginning of, I don't want to say the beginning of time. I mean, you could go back that far, but if you look at the Hatfields versus Hatfield versus McCoy's, and then you look at Chevy versus Ford and you look at Florida state versus Florida and you look at all of these rivalries over time, at the end of the day, who wins? It's not the person that's like, oh, I got a Chevy flag in my front yard, and I won, you know, because I'm the biggest Chevy fan ever. I own everything Chevy. Who wins, and Sam, you and I both know this, is the OEMs, you know, or the people that are selling the T-shirts for Florida State. I mean, they're the ones that are making hundreds of millions, and they love the rival. They love the rivalry. Because when the first person says, well, I've got more Florida State merchandise than you, then the next guy in Florida, he goes out and he buys more. So at the end of the day, you can say all day you're through and through, you're a Ford guy. But you guys heard John Cashman in the last episode talk about how Ford manufactured parts and pieces, I think, in their window regulators to break because they want you to come back to the dealership and they want you to spend money and that's what it all comes down to, the almighty dollar. These companies, contrary to what anybody thinks, they do not care one iota about any of us, right, Sam? They just care about the yeah, dollar. That's great. The money or what do you yeah. guys call the dollar up there? Um, you guys call well, it's it? called a dollar, but it's a loony. It's a loony. <laughs> the loony, right? Dollar. Yeah, we still call it we still we still, we still call it Benjamins, man. Right, okay, okay. Everyone's breaking Benjamins. I don't care what part of the world you're from. Exactly. It's like, and my friends, some of my friends and listeners, they may never understand. It's like, these companies literally do not care about you. When you call in and they go, oh, we appreciate your business. They do only because they want your check or they want your you know, your direct deposit from your payment every month. They just want your money, and that's what it comes down to. So. You know, I love Lincoln cars because I think they're cool, and I've always liked them since I was a kid. But uh, it doesn't matter if you get a Lincoln if you get a Lincoln tattoo. You think Lincoln's going to go? Oh, you are the greatest customer ever. We're going to give you a five hundred dollar check. They do not give a you know what. <laughs> yeah. That's... So we just keep it real. But I guess in closing, I just want to thank you, Sam. I know you and I we've we've exchanged a lot of messages over the years, kind of going back and forth with the cool stuff you're doing. And we salute you from Lincoln Attic Podcast as well as our lifestyle, the podcast. Uh, you know, we we love what you're doing up there, and uh, you know, we just we say keep the pedal stomped and, and keep doing what you're doing, man. Well, yeah, man, I appreciate that very much. One thousand percent, man. So I, uh, as I mentioned, highly suggest if you're not on Instagram and you're listening, you got to sign up for Instagram. Look up Epic Customs. You can click the link in uh, Sam's bio there to go right over to the website. And uh, it's that simple. So uh, with that being said, anything else you got for us, Sam? I got one question for you. What's your dog's name? <laughs> Snoop Doggy Dog. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's Zephyr. Zephyr. Okay. I like – oh, the, see, I like yeah. that. Yeah, tie in. Well, I thought that was a trick question because I my wife has been badgering me to get a dog. So now I'm going to be home a lot more than I used to be. And she's kind of like, well, you, we, we really could get a dog now. So I think we're going to get one finally. And you're going to name him Snoop. Snoop Doggy Dog. Or I told her we're going to name him D.O.G. So I'll be like, yo, D.O.G., come over here. And she's like, I don't know about that. I'm like, that's a good name. There you go. <laughs> you got the ODB and the D.O.G. <laughs> it's down with the yeah. Snoop D-O-double-G. And we got S.A.M. And, and, and all the crew up there in, 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 in uh, Canada. So, 
you know, we're trying to, we're just trying to keep everything going. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, man. Well, I really appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, it was a pleasure chatting with you for sure. And yeah, hit me up on Instagram or Facebook or, you know, I'm on the Suicide Slabs Facebook page. That's a huge following in there. So 1000%. And I know you mentioned earlier, Doc uh, Hutchinson. If they go on Facebook, is that going to show up as a Facebook page? They just uh, search DOC and then Hutchinson? Yeah, that's my personal page. So you can hit me up there. Okay, great. So again, if you're not on Instagram, you need to sign up. Even if you don't really post anything, follow Epic Customs as well as Lincoln Addict, which is our page. And all the other cool Lincoln pages out there, Suicide Slabs, the Raddies, Suicide Kings, you name it. There's plenty of good ones out there. So, Sam, with that being said, thanks for your time this evening. We wish you all the success, so please keep in touch. If there's anything that we can do for you, you just holler. Right on. Sounds good, man. Thanks for having me. Lincoln Addict Podcast listeners, we out of here. Have a great day. Whatever is